the free for all roundtable round two Joining me on the panel as I fill in for John Moore today, Vaz Bednar, Executive Director of the MPP and Digital Society at McMaster University, Principal at Broadway Strategy, and the man behind Touchdowns and Fumbles, Bob Reed, and Mitzi Hunter, former Liberal MPP and mayoral candidate. Uh, somebody else just put his name forth to be leader of the Liberals. Mitzi Hunter, how long till you announce? <laughs> Hi, Jerry. No, that I ruled that out uh, before I ran to be mayor. I, I, I said I wasn't going to go again uh, for a liberal leadership. Okay. Instead, I focused on changing how the vote is counted by helping to lead one member, one vote, which is, uh, I think, going to be a game changer for the party in terms of its grassroots. You, you mean how the vote is counted for uh, leadership or do you mean for general elections? For leadership, for, oh. for the leadership of the party, moving away from a delegated uh, convention model to a one-member, one-vote model. Okay. Are you going to run to try and get your MPP job back? Not doing that either. We have a terrific candidate, Andrea Hazel, who is on the ballot, and she's already got her signs up. What are you doing for a living? <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, I'm not paying you. <laughs> so, and getting some extra sleep. <laughs> and that's not working out for you from a financial standpoint. I can, no. I can, I can tell you. Uh, Bob Reed, do, do the leadership uh, contests actually, since Missy mentioned it, uh, need uh, a kind of an update because they use uh, a system they won't allow the rest of us to use, which is a sort of uh, ranked ballot kind of system. Yeah, uh, and, and that's that, that's for party members to be yeah. able to cast their ballot. And actually, I, I think that's an effective model because uh, there's there's no other really good mechanism to be able to consult people to get party members give give party members the opportunity to vote. And we're talking all across Ontario uh, in a in a race where you know it it, it is. It, it there, there are multiple levels to it. There are multiple sort of passes at it, and to then try and recall everybody back to cast a ballot again after one drops off, that sort of thing, uh, is just unwieldy. So it does make good sense in in that regard. All right, I'm going to jump to a different topic with you and start with you, Vaz, on this. We've been talking about it through the morning. Apparently, it's causing controversy, even though it's not controversial in the rest of the world. And that is beer in corner stores. Doug Ford's have been talking about it since 20. 18. It's not a surprise. How do you react to it? You know, it, it feels like a little bit of a nothing burger to me in this in this landscape where Canada is trying to figure out how to improve our broader competitiveness and looking at competition in different markets. We people often point to some of the maybe stranger regulatory layers we've added in. And uh, we've grown familiar with this option in in other jurisdictions. There are some risks associated with it uh, that people are acknowledging. Um, but I think it's maybe an overdue policy. It's it's a wonder that it's taken uh, this government so long, given that it has been foreshadowed. So, Mitzi, like, is this it, really public policy? Okay, anyway. uh, Mitzi, if you were still at Queens Park, would you be voting for or against this idea? At this juncture, coming out of COVID, when substance abuse and some of the issues we saw relating to consumption are a real problem, even on our streets, I would probably say it's not the top priority right now. We've already seen alcohol being available for takeout and for in different distribution models, uh, which worked. I, I agreed with those during COVID. I think right now, 
the government needs to figure out what's happening in terms of people's well-being. And there's a real problem. And we can't ignore that because it's playing out on our streets. We see that in increased homelessness. We see it in in many of the, the situations um, that we're facing in society. And, and I think that we have to have a plan for that before we make it more broadly available and easy for people to purchase. Well, here's where I have a problem with that argument, Missy. And I got in an argument, which I'm hoping not to have with you earlier this morning with somebody. <laughs> Uh, because I see that as a sort of a nanny state. I find it insulting, actually, to be told that as a, a person who I consider myself a responsible drinker, I don't uh, drive drunk, I don't even get drunk very often in my life. I'm a responsible uh, drinker, and I don't, I don't deny the problems that alcohol causes in society, but it's here, and we're selling it in so many places. I, I don't think I should be told that I'm going to suddenly become a problem drinker because uh, it's available in the convenience store. Yeah, and, and it's not really about not thinking that people are responsible because I, I believe that they are responsible. But, you know, I've talked to CAMH and I've, I've really seen the concern about substance abuse. And it's it's a real problem. What's the solution for that? The government has a responsibility all around for, for these types of system changes. And I just don't see a strategy being put forward by the government. Well, then I don't understand, Bob, why we've legalized drugs and set up safe injection sites then. Well, or lottery tickets, or uh, uh, cigarettes. I mean, casinos. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're all they are all licensed legal products. That there is a, a component that uh, of consumers who who want to partake in them. And should we have uh, strict regulation uh, around how how those those items are sold, particularly to minors? Absolutely, and we have it in place, and it's been working uh, very effectively uh, across across the board with with private sector retailers i mean look at look at the cannabis industry in ontario it is all private sector retail and we're not seeing big problems coming out of that so why you still have to go to the one beer store to buy beer in the province of ontario which is unique on planet earth i'm pretty sure has never made sense except can i can i just say jerry because you know the cannabis is a really good example and for for areas where it is plaguing communities it is problem you know I, I actually saw three three cannabis retailers outside of the cam H so you know maybe we need to think about how we do certain things before they become problems and that's all I'm arguing for all right so asylum seekers left to sleep outdoors amid funding fight between the city and the feds is a headline in the news I look at this I've talked to people inside City Hall and they say the reason that we are so short on um, shelter and in some cases um, food sources etc for people who really need the help is because we've been inundated with people the federal government has sent refugees they may be legitimately brought into the country and then and those who weren't, who came across Roxham Road, etc. Um, and these people are sent to Toronto, VAS, by the federal government, who takes no responsibility for it. Yeah, this is a really hideous, you know, policy limbo that we're having these individuals, you know, suggesting they just call uh, different orders of government, which let's be real in the scheme of things, the government is the government to most people, right? Lowercase or uppercase G, um, you know, for all our appreciation of federalism and different orders, the government is the government. So um, this challenge seems to be exacerbated. Um, 
from from the volume, but I think it's still something that we are absolutely proud of as Canadians and as part of the country that we are supposed to be able to welcome and support uh, refugees through our system. So I hope this is a bit of a blip and we can start to resolve this, you know, either the funding dispute uh, or finding spaces, you know, helping reallocate those needs. Um, it's it's quite stark. It's quite stark. And um, I was uh, sorry to read about this. Yeah, well, I'm pro-immigrant. I have a column uh, to that effect in the Toronto Sun this week. I've been an immigrant myself, and so is my uh, family. So uh, it's an important topic to me. However, Bob, it's a federal issue. Yeah, it is. And uh, uh, th this this is what happens when, when push comes to shove, and, and it shouldn't. And Vast just used a, a key word in, in part of her answer, a key phrase, and that is supposed to. The, the system is supposed to be able to take care of these people who need help. But uh, the, the federal government is not coming to the table. They have literally been dumping people on Toronto's doorstep. I'm happy to see Toronto finally pushing back on this. I'm, I'm greatly dismayed and, and, and saddened for the poor people who are caught in the middle of it. But uh, as the deputy mayor has said, this is an unsustainable situation. Until Ottawa does its fair share, uh, people are just not going to be able to be taken care of and this is the result of that and so i say good on them for for putting it squarely uh, on the blame of the level of government that's responsible but we got to get this resolved we can't have this continue well mitzi hunter you worked at city hall and you were a member of provincial parliament did you feel in any of those jobs why isn't the federal government helping us out here in toronto rather than just sending us problems yeah this is this is really unfortunate that the wheels of government are grinding very slow on this issue and people are getting caught and they're getting caught in unfortunate ways because what I saw is that people are going to emergency rooms because their bodies are breaking down literally from sleeping on the concrete and out in the elements. This is not Canada. This is not a, a response that really understands the human rights nature of an asylum seeker who, who we've admitted into the country and they get a ticket down to Toronto and they're worrying about who's paying for the shelter. I, I really don't believe that we should be letting people just sit on the, the sidewalk while the governments argue. I actually believe that we need to have a human response, make sure people are sheltered and move quickly through the system, actually, because they want to move on with their lives and help build their their life here in Canada, which we should be uh, welcoming. And and this is just um, a, a, I think this is a ridiculous scenario and uh, the governments need to own up to it, both at the federal and the city level, but also the province. When you see people going to emergency rooms, that's a cost. One of the exciting parts of Bob uh, Bob's life is that he's a musician. So, Bob, uh, how do you respond to the Grammys going to now allow music with AI-generated elements to compete for Grammy Awards? Uh, it's a it, it's a conundrum that I think the Grammys is is trying to find a, a way out of because uh, wh whether you whether you like it or not, and I don't, frankly, I think I think art should be something that is wholly and completely generated by human beings. Um, but it's it, AI is is here to stay. It's a tool that is is used in the the you know production and and in some cases performance of recorded music, just like it is in so many other aspects of life. Um, 
the Grammys has a challenge here, and I'm glad to see they did specify that any elements of a recording that are purely AI will not be eligible. So, for example... But there's uh, no obligation to disclose what portions of art are composed by AI. That's or they jump in on you, Bob. There, there just doesn't exist. So it's, it's an unknowable thing. We're, we're relying on people to proactively disclose the use of that technology. Good luck. That's why I said the Grammys have a, have a conundrum here, because yeah. they, they have to set rules. You know, that's, that's their job, and that's, that's what they're trying to do. Now, is it, is it going to be a perfect set of rules? Is it going to be difficult to enforce? Absolutely. But at least they're at least they're trying to map it out. So I'll yeah. right. give them credit for that. And All moving right. quickly, anyway. Yeah, we're yeah. out of time. Uh, that's Vast Bet and I, Bob Reed and Mitzi Hunter. M- Mitzi, I think you announced you are running for leader for the, the Liberals. <laughs> I did not announce that, Jerry. <laughs> okay, sorry I mixed that up. This is News Talk 1010. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.